Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. You're about to embark on yet another great adventure with the Gary and Shannon Show. A reminder, we want you to make sure that you look at the iHeart app and hit the follow button on the Gary and Shannon Show podcast so that you can get updates on what's going on with our podcast. Don't forget to share it as well. Get it? It's adventure music. Also, share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you have that opportunity, and tell a friend about what you're listening to when you listen to the Gary and Shannon Show. As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon, separated in birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. Gary and Shannon. On a uh, Tequila Tuesday, it's July 24th, National Tequila Day, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but who am I to fight against tradition? We are keeping our eye on the big stories of the day. Of course, police gunfire that killed that manager at Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. Wildfires in Greece, so out of hand, had people running for the sea, drowning, a deadliest to hit there in decades, at least 74 people killed. Uh, we also have the uh, the hydroelectric dam in Laos that collapsed. Hundreds of people miss. There's a lot going on today, but I want to start right where you started, actually, and that is this Trader Joe's story from Saturday. We found out today that LAPD Chief Moore said that, in fact, the woman who was killed, Melita Corrado, an assistant manager at that Trader Joe's, was hit by the gunfire from uh, one or two of his officers. Aaron, uh, Aaron, hmm. Andrew. Yep. That's Take what we two. call him now. Yep. Andrew Mullenbeck. Well, he was gone on vacation for a couple of days. Yeah, it's a good so. <laughs> Mullenbeck has been covering this for us and joins us now live. Uh, Andrew, what's the latest? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, the chief sort of confirmed what many had suspected, that the shot on Saturday did actually come from one of uh, two officers who had been pursuing Gene Atkins. What he did do is fill in more of the backstory, and in addition to that, release multiple camera videos giving some context to the background what led up to the shooting again that unfolded in silver lake at a trader joe's so this is uh, chief michael moore describing that the officers pursuing atkins had been shot at on the way chasing him the investigation has identified that during the pursuit atkins fired his firearm through the back window of the vehicle at the pursuing officers the officers did not return fire during the vehicle pursuit So, of course, that pursuit went from South L.A., ultimately ending in Silver Lake. Uh, Police say the guy crashed outside the Trader Joe's and continues shooting at officers. And that's when the officers return fire. And at least one round, we've been told one at this point, hits a store manager, ultimately killing her. And Chief Moore says, obviously, it's very early, much more to investigate. But after what he's seen... The surveillance video from inside the store, the police body cams, the dash cam video. He believes that officers did exactly what they should have, but he knows they'll be second-guessing that. Those officers' actions to stop him and the the split-second decisions they had to make, I recognize how they will forever go through their mind debating whether that was what they had to do. But as chief of police, I believe it's what they needed to do. 
Absolutely. I mean, when you look at that dash cam video, by the way, dash cam video has come a long way in yeah, just yes. a couple of yeah, years. Man. That was crystal clear. And you can feel the adrenaline pumping through the veins of those officers. And even the comment that you hear running alongside the video from the dash cam or the body cam as well, I believe one officer saying to another while they're pursuing, do not shoot, do not shoot. And it reminds me of another area, I believe it was Las Vegas, where an officer did fire while driving. But in this case, officers did not fire even while they were being shot at from the vehicle they were chasing. Uh, they, of course, waited until the, the crash, but it, it really does give some idea of the intensity leading up to it. And additionally, another thing that I brought up just a, a little while ago is this only happened a couple of days ago, of course, Saturday afternoon. It is extremely unusual, particularly in the LAPD, to release video so quickly. You'll remember that LAPD has this new policy, officer-involved shootings. They're now releasing that video. It tends to be kind of packaged, edited, but it's 45 days down the road. This happened just a couple of days ago, and we already have clips from the dash cam and the uh, officer's body cameras. Chief Moore, uh, just a month into the job, really wants to try to show what led to this shooting right in Silver Lake. Do you get the impression that that is a new policy based on what Chief Moore brings to the to the top position, or is this just yeah. a, uh, I mean, this is specific to this incident alone? Yeah, I would say that it's probably specific to this incident, but it might give some insight into his overall philosophy, and that being, where possible, he wants to try to give the public some idea of what led to a, a shooting. Again, it is going. It is now standard procedure to release something 45 days later, and that was uh, under Chief Beck and the police commission that made that decision. But this, I believe, to my knowledge, was his decision that a couple of days later we want to release this video to show people what happened. And I, I do believe that it probably gives us some idea, uh, his thinking and, and what he may do in the future, particularly in high-profile shootings such as this, that he wants to give the public a very quick view of why officers did what they did. Of course, if there's any risk to that, you can already bet that uh, people are reviewing this, looking for any wrongdoing. So you do open yourself up to a lot of analysis. But uh, the chief believes after having seen the video both from the store surveillance cameras and the police cameras, he believes the officers did what they had to do and tragically one of those rounds hit a store manager who was running to, to figure out what happened or to respond to this crash and shooting right outside the store. And, of course, it does not matter that it was the officer's bullet uh, that killed this woman because of provocative act murder in California. And that is why he will be charged with with that murder, because he prompted yeah, uh, the shooting uh, of somebody, of, of a third party there. Um, did yeah, they he's been charged with 30 counts. Uh, yeah. The, did they say how many uh, shots were fired from him and, and the officers as well, or is it just too soon to get that kind of ballistics information? They did say that the Gene Atkins, the, the guy that police were chasing, uh, he had they found a couple of, I believe it was at least two spent shell casings at the Trader Joe's. So they know he fired a couple of shots. They have not said how many shots the officers fired. And again, it was just one to our knowledge now that, hit this store manager, uh, but the shooting continued from Atkins, from the, the chase itself from South L.A. all the way to the store, and uh, at least according to investigators, he, he fired a couple of times again right there at the Trader Joe's, and, and that, of course, is when police returned fire, but don't know how many shots police fired. Hmm. 
Andrew, thank you. You got it, guys. Andrew Mullenbeck, there, the latest. Uh, and again, the it was confirmed by LAPD Chief Moore this morning in a news conference that, in fact, that assistant manager who was killed at that Trader Joe's standoff was hit by police gunfire. Um, and but we said multiple times the the guy who started this is the one who would be charged with murder in this case, not uh, not any potential. I guess there is a potential for discipline to be taken against the officers, but based on the chief's comments today, and where he was if saying, you "Listen, look at that video. You can't decide any other way. You cannot. Uh, Absolutely." And, and the chief, the chief put it. Um, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said, but but basically, we wear the badge. We we decided to take this job, and we know that there could potentially be instances where we have to make those split decision split-second life-and-death decisions like that, and not that anybody wants to, but that those officers were forced to in that situation. Coming up next, news around the world. We've got a lot of it, from Toronto to Greece to an update on those Thai boys rescued from that cave. We'll bring it all to you coming up next. Reminder, Friday we're going to be live. Our next News and Brews is going to be at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. We'd love it if you would come on out and uh, spend the first part of Friday with us, or the middle part, hey, all day Friday with us. It doesn't matter. We're going to be out HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach for Friday's news and brews. She's gone. She didn't. I think she had to go potty. Well, I don't know what I don't know, so I kick my shoes off and run. On this uh, Tuesday, it's July 24th, big story they were covering today. The chief of the Los Angeles Police Department came out and in a statement this morning announced that they had determined that the assistant manager at the Trader Joe's that was the scene of that hostage taking on Saturday, that she was in fact killed uh, by gunfire from officers also up north there in the bay area three people have died in one week after assaults at bart stations we'll get into that and nationally uh, the president's approval rating is at an all-time high he is announcing uh, today the white house is announcing his all-time his all-time high (laughs) yeah just to be clear yeah uh i'm sorry you're right i should have made that clearer (laughs) his all-time high i believe it's 45 percent um, also, the administration today uh, announcing that they're going to be trying to help out the farmers who have been screwed by the tariffs, setting aside a chunk of money for them. It's an interesting attitude. He did tweet. The president tweeted about tariffs today, saying tariffs are great. Depending on how you look at it, this may be, I mean, to put the positive spin on it, maybe tariffs are the temporary pain in order to set things right once again. Or it's just everyone's going to take it in the shorts and it's not going to work out the way anyone is planning. Ooh, take it in the shorts hits the show at 1022. That's a little early. Usually you don't have somebody. Is that a post 11 o'clock statement? Sometimes you don't have anyone take it in the shorts until after one. So it's going to be a good day. Bottom of this hour, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the fire wildfires in Greece. I have a lot of questions about. And then later on, the Thai soccer boys. Remember, they, they got or, or, ordained. Ordained. I was going to say ordinated. Yeah, it's a thing in Thailand. It's, uh, you know, like every um, Mormon boy goes on a mission. And I have a... I every, have a uh, every Buddhist boy uh, spends a little time in the monk training. I have an email from Thailand. Oh. To read to them. Oh, that's to exciting. Share with everyone. Let's All start right. with Toronto, though. Or talk about Toronto, I should say. Faisal Hussein is the name of the guy who ended up shooting through those cafe windows 
on Sunday night, killing two people and injuring at least a dozen dozen others. So the Associated Press had to find a neighbor who says that she's shocked because that's what we do as reporters. We have to find somebody that paints a picture of a different narrative. Ashley Robinson is that girl, and she says she saw Faisal Hussein almost every day as she would walk her dog uh, near her high-rise apartment building in Toronto. She says he was always smiling. He always made a point to pet her dog. Oh, well, then hell. He must be human and not a monster. She says a lot of people here are afraid of my dog, but he wasn't. He killed a 10-year-old girl, an 18-year-old woman, wounded 13 more people as he opened fire at restaurants and cafes. Can we call the, pull the curtain back a little bit uh, in terms of the world of journalism? Uh, if you are doing an interview with a neighbor of a guy who just killed, tried to kill dozens of people and ended up killing two, and she regales you with stories of, not everyone likes my dog, but Faisal did, yeah. do you use that? Well, not only do you use it being a question on the table, but do you lead with it? This report from the Associated Press leads with, Ashley Robinson saw Faisal Hussein almost every day as she walked her dog near her apartment building. He was always smiling. You don't lead with that when people, when there's blood on the street still. You know what you lead with? You lead with maybe the people who were killed. Or you lead with people saying that this guy was freaking deranged. Because that comes later in the story. Yeah, it's, it's several paragraphs in when his family releases a statement that says, Our son had severe mental health challenges, struggling with psychosis and depression his entire life. That's the lead sentence. And then maybe something about the victims or the people who had to live through this horror. You don't start with Ashley, who didn't even know this guy's name until she saw him on the news, whose only interactions with this guy were when she would walk her dog and he wasn't afraid yeah. of the dog. She's what, clearly, what are we doing here? She's not a reliable she's not a source. A reliable character witness at that point. No. Um, Hussein lived with his parents. Uh, and neighbors said that the family was Pakistani. This guy happened to be 29. He was born in Canada. Uh, but originally, I guess, the parents were from Pakistan. There was a close family friend of Hussein. Residents of the neighbor said that the family had suffered other tragedies in recent years. I guess Hussein's sister died in a car crash, and his only brother has been in a coma for some time. I mean, this is a... This is a tragic, tragic story this, that's engulfing this family. It, it gets even worse when the when you learn that the family did exactly what you should do. The family said in their statement that they had gotten treatment for him, that they had interventions of professionals, and those were unsuccessful. They had medications and therapy they turned to, unable to treat him. And we've done this story before um, where families realize they've got a bad seed or a mentally unstable person on their hands, and they actually go through the channels to get them help, and it still doesn't work. And what do you do then as a parent? Well, we have entered this world where 40 years ago, 50 years ago, someone like this would have been involuntarily committed. Right. And and it's not – I mean, I, I hate the idea because we, we always run the risk of, in situations like this, attaching a stigma of violence to mental health. And they're not always the same thing. There are some people who are violent without being mentally ill and people who are mentally ill who never express themselves in violence. But when the combination comes, it doesn't appear that this guy had ever combined the two. But when you talk about – Knowing that he has psychosis, knowing that he had severe mental illness and battled depression for a long time and was not responding to treatment, uh, medication, therapy, the only answer, it appears, 
is long-term mental health facility. That's it. I understand that there was a time when people were locked up against their will for no reason at all. Women especially. You know, if you didn't behave like a lady, you were locked up, no questions asked. All you had to do was say, my mother is crazy or my wife is crazy. Okay, lock her up. And I understand that there were abuses in the asylum or mental hospital world, but we didn't have to swing the pendulum so far the other way that we can't lock up people like this guy. And I know it's Toronto, but we've had these instances in in the United States as well. It needs to be uh, addressed. We need to get back to that. Uh, Reminder, Friday, we're going to be live at uh, HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach right there along PCH. Beautiful. I already know. The weather is going to be amazing because it's 167 degrees today in the valley. By Friday, it's going to cool down to 162. So on the beach is where you're going to want to be. We will be live in Huntington Beach, HQ Gastropub, this Friday for our latest news and brews. Start planning now for how you're going to get out of work on Friday. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, an update on Greece when we come back. Breaking news about Ivanka Trump. She's going to shut down her fashion brand. Now, why is that? I mean, we'll have to wait and see if there's a reason given, but... Well, yeah, why not? Why not two years ago? Well, remember, she did have some conflicts of interest with different factories and different locales in China and the like. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, somebody said that the improprieties the appearance of impropriety or or improprieties i don't know uh we'll say on top of that also it looks like lapd is being pretty uh, forthcoming with information about that shootout at trader joe's releasing today less than 72 hours after it happened releasing dash cam footage and if you haven't seen this footage, wow, you can feel the adrenaline going through those officers' veins as they are giving tra- chase to this guy. He's firing shots at them while they're driving, and then they get out when he crashes into the pole and are able to return fire. Unfortunately, the big news coming out of that press conference is it was police gunfire that killed the manager there at the Trader Joe's. Yeah, and here we are, heat wave day two. The excessive heat warnings continue. We expect temperatures about 110 in the valleys today. Uh, and it's uh, maybe even a couple of degrees warmer tomorrow, possibly Thursday as well. There have been significant fires literally around the world. There are fires in Europe. There are also fires in Greece. And a wildfire, or I should say a series of wildfires, that went through some seaside resorts near Athens Torched homes and cars in force. They're talking about at least 74 people who have been killed. 26 of the dead were groups of families or friends. They were found huddled together, some of them clasped in hugs. Many people were so caught off guard by the shift in winds and the direction of the flames that they swam out to sea to escape. And you know how fire creates its own weather. Can you imagine what it does over that sea? Now, I was trying to figure this out. I'm not familiar a whole lot with uh, Greece. So I was looking on Google Maps at just kind of the, the 
environment of what this is. A lot of homes, a lot of trees, not giant, you know, forests that you would think of, but uh, just, you know, trees. And it's dry enough there, and it's been dry there on uh, for some time to the point where a lot of the fuel, a lot of these trees have died, the grass that grows in the mountains and the hills nearby, very dry. So when these fires started and blew straight towards the coast, there was no place for these people to go. Now, there was concern that some of this may have been arson. Uh, I think BBC was reporting today that there were, it's believed to be three different origin spots for these fires and they were all sort of on that, I guess it would be the east end of Athens, sort of the west end of this area of uh, Mati, I believe it's called. Greece has wildfires every year, but these have been the deadliest to hit the country in decades. Uh, Coast Guard boats went out as soon as possible to patrol the shores. Uh, nearly 700 people had to be rescued from the beaches or the sea. Uh, six of the dead were found there. And Greek authorities are telling people... Contact us if you're looking for loved ones. Many people, as you can imagine, took to social media, posting pictures uh, of the missing, the last known location before the fires hit. The other thing is when you think about them trying to get out of this area, it's not, uh, you know, you don't have a 10-lane freeway going in and out of that area. You can't get anywhere near Athens in your car quickly. It is log jammed. It is a mess. It is a densely populated area. And then throw into that the fact that there's fire over the hill coming your direction and you don't know which way to go. Or you do get on the road in your car and you can't go anywhere simply because traffic is at a complete standstill. Nikos Stavrinidis had gone with his wife to fix up their summer home for a visit by his daughter. He said it was the speed that was so shocking. It happened very fast. The fire was in the distance, then sparks from the fire reached us, and then instantly the fire was all around us. Uh, Nikos, his wife, and four friends swam out to sea to escape the smoke. They got disoriented. They lost sight of the shore. They were swept further out by wind and currents. Two of the group did not survive. Nikos saying it's terrible to see the person next to you drowning, not being able to help him. They were picked up by a fishing boat with an Egyptian crew who jumped into the water to rescue them. A lot of those stories, too. Strangers helping strangers. There was a a former Communist Party leader who was uh, on vacation in the area. She said that uh, the police tried to direct us away from the fire, but we couldn't escape it. We got stuck in traffic, and the flames were on top of us. We managed to find a very small gap, and we made it out. We were unlucky. Uh, the wind change that came at us with such force that it raised the coastal area in minutes. They're also talking about gale force winds pushing the flames from the hills above the towns down into the towns all the way straight up to the beach. Hundreds of people had to be plucked off the beaches because there was no other escape route. 47 brush and forest fires broke out across Greece Monday and early Tuesday. 47. Um, Greece is asking for help from the EU. Spain sending two firefighting aircraft. Cyprus is sending in firefighters. Israel, Turkey, and Bulgaria also offered assistance. I guess one thing that you could say is positive is that they're expecting uh, heavy rain throughout parts of Greece today, or tomorrow, I should say. They're hoping that that could help in the firefighting effort, but it's not a cool rain at all. So there's a chance for some thunderstorms as well. But uh, any any amount of moisture could potentially make it a, be- a better firefight. You know, Sweden, too. Sweden yeah. is battling 21 uh, wildfires that are out of control. The worst drought in Sweden in 74 years. 
crazy. Coming up next, we've got an update on the Thai boys rescued from the cave. Oh, and I have an email I got to read from Thailand. Oh, that's in, in the context of all of that. A reminder that on Friday we're going to be at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach for our latest news and brews, and we would love it if you would come on out and say hello. Start your excuses now because. Now is when you need to plant the seed with your boss that you're not going to be in on Friday. Or you have that extra long meeting, you know, from like 10 until 2. Or an unexpected visit from an elderly aunt. You just found out today she's going to be in town. You've got to pick her up from the airport. It's a big to-do. She doesn't get around very much. No, she doesn't. I mean, she's not going to get in an Uber. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) She never liked the Germans anyway. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, keeping our eye on the big stories for you today. Agriculture Department just announcing $12 billion in a short-term plan to help farmers hurt by those tariffs. Also, Ivanka Trump getting rid of that fashion brand, closing the doors. We'll have all the latest for you on those coming up in Swamp Watch at 1230. By the way, the president tweeted this morning about Russian interference in the upcoming elections. He wrote, I'm very concerned that Russia will be fighting very hard to have an impact on the upcoming election based on the fact that no president has been tougher on Russia than me. They will be pushing very hard for the Democrats. They definitely don't want Trump, what he said today. Are you going to read the email from Thailand? Uh, let's do it at the end because I think it's a, it's a little self-aggrandizing. Is this our uh, most faraway email we've ever received? No. Oh. Well, uh, maybe as far as the crow flies. In terms of the flight we'd have to take? I'll have to if go If we check put this on email on a flight? Yes, it would take a long time to get there. The young uh, soccer, cave soccer team. The Thai boys. Thank you. That's Everyone knows what we mean when we say Thai boys. The, no? the definition has changed, I believe. I hope so. I believe it has. I hope so. I believe that the definition has changed from sad to triumphant. 11 of the 12 boys and their coach prayed to ancient relics and offered drinks and desserts in gilded bowls to spirits at a Buddhist temple as they were ordained as Buddhist novices and monks today. The boys range in age from 11 to 16. The ceremony will take place at another temple on a Chiang Rai mountaintop. And then what happens is the group goes for more than a week to the Wat Pha Tat Dao Wow Temple. I don't think I'm familiar with that one. It's the one near Myanmar. Oh. The governor of the province says that the boys' mental and physical conditions are steadily improving. There are only minor health complications outside of the mushrooms that were growing in their ears. One of the boys initially reported that he had rashes, doesn't have any new ones. So, I mean, being in a hot wet cave for 2 weeks is going to be a be an, be an issue, right? I mean, it, your body's not designed yeah. to do that. You turn into Some a salamander spores or something. But in this case, you get them out, dry them out a little bit, although it's probably not a super dry. It's pretty humid there in Thailand. Now, it's not that the boys have been rescued and have turned to religion. Uh it's totally common in Thailand. Buddhist males are traditionally expected to enter the monkhood. Um at some point in their lives, and it's to show gratitude to their parents for raising them usually. And it's believed that once a person is ordained, they gain, they gain uh, merit 
that is also extended to their parents. So it's like a sign. It's like an honor for your family to be ordained as a monk. And then some of them stay monks, and some of them go on to do whatever else they're going to do in their I life. I do think it's interesting. One of the moms of one of the fourteen-year-olds said, "We can only do this for nine days because." He has to go back to school and get ready for for exams. He's got to get back to his life. So when we were in Bangkok, we would uh, wake up early in the morning and we'd, uh, you know, you look out the window or whatever and you'd see all these monks and they're going around to all these storefronts and they've got baskets and all these people that have these storefronts, I mean, don't have two pennies to, to, to rub together, really. They're just selling whatever fruit that they're growing um, somewhere else at, at, on the storefront. And they give the monks all this free stuff, all this free fruit and all this food and everything. It's like this, um, you know, it's like when they pass around the basket at, at Catholic mass and mm-hmm. you put in a dollar or whatever change and the monks go around every morning to all of the storefronts and collect these, these free goods. The, uh, the chief of the Buddhism office in that province said that these 12 kids who are ordained, the 12 and the uh, 11 and the coach, will dedicate the act of entering the monkhood to that volunteer Thai Navy SEAL, former Thai Navy SEAL Samarn Gunan, who died while diving during a supply mission. So um, they have gone out of their way. As as you might expect, they've gone out of their way to honor that, uh, that SEAL who eventually died uh, as a result of beginning the rescue efforts. Uh, Judy actually wrote in and said... Long-time KFI listener. Uh, my absolute favorite show is you two. Really? That's what she says. Judy in Thailand? Uh, that's what she, yes. I love your opinions. You're the most down-to-earth people. Uh, just the right amount of laughs, good American values, respect, and informative and serious when the news demands it. That must it's not be, my mom. It might be mine. I am a missionary living in Chiang Mai uh, and listen to your podcast regularly. Love your recent coverage discussion on the Thai boys in the cave. Wow. Shannon, it was great to hear your perspective as a recent visitor to Thailand. I know you were in Bangkok, which is south and a lot different than us in the north, but you did get a good flavor of the culture. Thanks for keeping me connected to home. Wow. That was really nice. Told you it's a good email. It's the that's one out the of 100 that's positive. <laughs> I'm not going to read all the other ones. All uh, right. Uh, coming up next, we talked about this case long ago. This was this kid from Palos Verdes. He was a senior, rich kid, and decided to join a gang that was involved with a murder. And we talked about it, I believe, because people at Palos Verdes High did not want him going to class while he was out on bail. Well, we've got the result of his trial, of his murder trial. And it's your typical white, rich kid result, probably. Um, Ron Howard's brother. That's who this guy looks like. Ron Howard puts his brother in all of his movies at some point. The young Ron Howard is, uh, Ron Howard's brother. I can't remember his name. Clint, I think is his name. Young Clint Howard. That's who this kid looks like. But it's got, it can't be current Clint Howard. It's got to be young the, Clint Howard. No, this is like that. That's like that crazy looking guy, right? Yeah. But yeah. young Clint Howard. Yeah, Trust a little me. bit. A little Trust bit. Me. Yeah. Uh, all right, all of that stuff is coming up. Reminder that this Friday we're going to be live at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach for our next News and Brews, an opportunity for you to come on out and have some lunch, sit and watch the show as we sit there and uh, BS with you for about four hours. We would absolutely love it if you would come on out and say hello. Again, HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach, right there on PCH, this Friday, July 27th. We'll come back to the Gary and Shannon Show. I like that. 
stuff going on today at the bottom of the hour we're going to update you on some of the fires that have been uh, that have been burning including the one that burned my house almost it did not get did close to, your I, house. to be honest we were watching this uh, the pico fire yesterday 128 acres uh, which right now they're saying i think is about 50 percent contained uh i had a hard time finding it i mean even driving close to my street i was being warned hey you may have to evacuate I, it was hard to see the smoke you could smell it. I smelled it all afternoon, but even by the time I got home from work yesterday, it was uh, pretty much under control. News out of Washington. Ivanka Trump has, design, has decided to wind down her company, deciding to pursue a career in public policy instead of that career she had with her fashion company. She says, uh, when we first started this brand, no one could have predicted the success that we would achieve after 17 months in Washington. I do not know when or if I will ever return to the business. The uh, the big story locally was that news conference this morning from LAPD Chief Mike Moore, who said the news that I think a lot of people were assuming but didn't want to hear. The assistant manager at that Trader Joe's that was the scene of the standoff on Saturday, Melida Corrado, she was killed uh, by officer's gunfire in the crossfire. But um, the guy who did it, Gene Atkins, he's the one who's going to be charged with her murder. All right. Um, there was a, a case yesterday white kid from uh, Palos Verdes who was acquitted of a gang murder. Now, it's not a, it's not as simple as saying that he was involved with a gang and then didn't do what he's accused of doing. It's that uh, there are some extenuating circumstances around Cameron Terrell's case. There are rules in California that were put into motion, I believe, back when we had an exploding gang problem in the late 80s, early 90s here in Los Angeles. And one of those rules is all about uh, theories of liability in a murder. And if you are the getaway driver, if you, okay, here's the deal. Blake and Gary and I make a pact. Hey, let's go uh, shoot up Nick's house. All right. We get in the car and I'm we in. go. I'm driving. Working out well for me so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm driving. Gary's in shotgun. Blake's in the back seat. And Gary's got the gun. And we're going, all right, let's go get Nick. Let's go get him. And we pull up to Nick's house. Gary gets out. Boom, boom, boom. Gets back in the car. We all take off. We are all culpable of that murder. Blake and I in that moment stepped into Gary's shoes. And we fired that gun with him. That's how the law sees it. So getaway drivers are treated the same as the guy who's the trigger finger. That's just the way the law works. This guy, white kid from PV, ends up in a gang. I I want to know more about his past and what allows him to do this or think that he could get away with this. But he lives in a uh, almost a $2 million house with mom and dad, media consultant, father, interior designer mother they they uh, painted this picture of cameron as this kid who enjoys fishing trips to mexico dirt biking he likes playing board games with his family 
He also likes to hang out at Jesse Owens Park, which is the main hangout for the rolling 90s neighborhood Crips. Well, there's that. I mean, but I'm sure that they also play board, uh, board games and they also go fishing in Mexico uh, and, and enjoy, you know, just hanging out and dirt biking. That's why he was attracted to the role in 90s, right? Was because of their outside activity? No, he wanted to play gangster. You know, he was a kid, a rich kid, grows up and he wants to he listens to Tupac and he wants to uh, take it a step further. This uh, it reminds me of other cases where these kids get involved in this fantasy world, thinking that that their life isn't fulfilled. You know, you get into this uh, this very wealthy enclave somewhere, and then they dip their toe into a more dangerous activity because their life isn't spicy enough, or some crazy. BS that they make up in their heads. It was a fatal shooting of a 21-year-old man in South L.A., a man who was in college, had no gang uh, affiliation whatsoever. And prosecutors argued that this kid, Cameron Terrell, drove two fellow gang members to rival gang territory to get into trouble. The two teens confront this guy, Justin Holmes, who is shot in broad daylight. And Cameron Terrell drove them away in his Mercedes that his dad bought him. I'm curious, um, the the specifics of the situation from that night, October 1st, 2017. uh, The two teenagers that he was with uh, approached a group of three men, including the victim in this case and uh, Justin Holmes, and asked them where they were from. Like, what set are you claiming, or whatever phrase they use these days. I'm basing mine on bad late 80s, early 90s gang movies. Those are good movies, though. Um, And the court hears that one of the teens pulls out a revolver from his hoodie pocket, at which point one of Justin Holmes' friends yells out, run. And as the group of teenagers runs away... These two guys, the guy with the gun, fires multiple shots, hits Justin Holmes in the back. Justin Holmes' friends run to a nearby shop and ask the owner to call police. They stay with him. The paramedics show up, but he was taken to the hospital and eventually died. Now, they weren't in a gang. Justin Holmes and his buddies were not in a gang. No, like I said, he was a college student, had no gang affiliation. Uh, Meanwhile... The two shooters, well, the one shooter and the guy standing next to him, run back to, to Cameron's car, jump in that black Mercedes, like you said, the daddy bought him, and they take off. Now, the allegation from Cameron, or I should say the defense from Cameron, was he had no idea that his buddies were armed. He had no idea that they had plans to go out and shoot up rival gang members, or in this case, mistaken people that he they thought were rival gang members, and that... He didn't even know what happened. Here's the thing. This was not a kid dipping his toe into the gang pool for the first time. This was a kid who was on the radar of police gang officers as early as that last spring. He was already somebody that officers had written down in their books or wherever they keep a a roster of gang members. He was already on their radar. This wasn't his first rodeo. He didn't think they were going spray can painting or whatever the hell it's called. Um, He knew what he was getting into. And that's the thing. That's why it's a double standard here. It's like you can't 
on one hand, play this white rich kid who likes to go on family trips and likes to what what were his other hobbies? Fish, dirt biking, uh, fishing, and then on the other games. hand, pretend to be this hard gangster because you know what that 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 life is going to catch up with you, and it should have caught up with him. But I don't know what the hell this jury was thinking. They let him off yesterday. I want to get into the fact um, when we come back what his prior gang activity was to this one instance because he was on their radar and he was hanging out with these guys for a really long time and he was a legitimate gangster. Even if he wasn't legitimate, the fact that he wanted to be. True. Mm. All right, Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. Reminder that on Friday, our next News and Brews, we're going to be live at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. We'd love it if you would come on out and watch us do the show 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. HQ Gastro Pub right there along PCH in Huntington Beach. She wrote back two words. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh boy. You know what? I think it's time that uh, I break off the relationship between you and my wife. You know what? Support groups need members. <laughs> Big news today. The Ag Department announces $12 billion for farmers that have been hurt by those retaliatory uh, tariffs. We've talked about the soybean farmers that have been kind of screwed by, by those tariffs. Also, locally, we talked about the big press conference today from the LAPD. Chief Moore, unfortunately, confirming that the gunfire that killed the manager at Trader Joe's did come from an officer's weapon. This was after the suspect had led police on a chase, fired at them while on the road, crashed into a light pole, and had run into that Trader Joe's while firing still at them. If you look at the dash cam video, you're going to be on the officer's side, most likely. Unfortunately, this, this was something that the officers had to do when it comes to returning fire. When it comes to an armed man running into a crowded Trader Joe's in the middle of a day in a busy neighborhood. Uh, a couple of international headlines as well. The, the wildfires in Greece, they're saying the death toll there is at 74 as these fires rolled through this uh, resort area known as Mati, northeast of Athens. And then also the, the hydroelectric dam that collapsed in Laos. They're saying hundreds of people are missing in the resulting flood there. We've been telling you the story about Cameron Terrell, this 18-year-old kid who was facing life in jail for uh, for his part in the killing of 21-year-old Justin Holmes last year. He's fatally shot in the back by a couple of Cameron's buddies, a couple of guys that he runs with in this gang. Now, Cameron is a white kid. I mean, Cameron's nickname in the gang was Milk. Cameron became known to Los Angeles police gang officers in the spring of 2017 through his interactions there at Jesse Owens Park. That's not in Palos Verdes. <laughs> that is a main hangout for the Roland 90s neighborhood Crips. I would imagine that a kid from RPV, from PVE, uh, would probably stand out quite a bit in Jesse Owens Park. Online posts show that Cameron Terrell may have starting at maybe may have started hanging out with the gang members the year before even, but he became known to cops, gang officers in spring of 2017. They don't write down your name, they don't put you in the gang book, 
unless you're a legitimate gang member. Yeah. They're and not going to waste their, your time with that. Now, he was accused of being the driver when these two other guys shot and killed Justin Holmes, and the he was charged with murder. He claimed that they thought he thought they were going spray painting or whatever. Uh, what is it called? Tagging. Tagging. That's all right. Graffiti. Graffiti-ing. Okay. Yeah. And that's he thought, all. He, thought and, and he didn't worst, even know the guys were armed. Yeah, he thought at worst there might be a fist fight that breaks out, but Please. he didn't expect there to be a murder. That's Prosecutors what he said. argued that the killing was a way for Cameron Terrell to gain status within the gang. Of course, it was. They were able to present the jury with photographs, videos, texts, Facebook messages in which Cameron posed with other known gang members, wore gang colors, threw gang signs. And in a video, he is shown wearing the gang colors, throwing up the signs, and wearing the T-shirt marked with milk. That is, as you said, his gang moniker. He has a W on his chest to represent the specific clique he claims in the gang. Now, his defense attorney, by the way, says no. Although Cameron's close friend had joined a gang, Cameron was not a gang member. Instead, he read books about gang life and went on an L.A. gang binge. Wow. He, he says he was known in South L.A. for giving away clothing and letting people borrow his luxury car. Oh, suddenly he's a do-gooder and a good Samaritan hanging, h- handing out bags of clothes in South L.A. So after school. So the defense attorney says that he's known for letting people borrow the black Mercedes that right. daddy bought him. Right. That's great. He could be handing out clothes on a Tuesday, letting a grandmother borrow a car on a Wednesday, and on Thursday, if he gets in the car with two guys who are armed and they're going to rival gang territory to cause trouble, that's a murder on that Thursday. Sorry, it doesn't matter if you're a do-gooder. I think that's crap. I think that's baloney. But even if it's true, it's completely irrelevant. He says that 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 W tattoo that that Cameron had it wasn't a W to show his specific click in the gang. It was because of the Washington Nationals, because his favorite basketball player Kevin Durant has a tattoo that is of the Washington Nationals W. Right, because there's a lot of Nationals fans in California. Right. Yeah, because you know he was in love with the Expos before they moved. What the. Now, here's the thing. I I have, well, I don't even know if I want to say this. I was going to say I have to admire the giant brass balls on this defense attorney for taking that type of evidence into a case like this. Because you're talking about the death of a 21-year-old kid, college kid, who had no gang ties. And this this complete apple who, at the, I mean... Even even if you don't think he should be charged with murder or found guilty of murder, the kid is a is a, a a waste of space. I mean, this guy is sucking oxygen that other people could be using. So why is it that this defense attorney was so confident that he was going to be able to get an acquittal in this case? I that to me is an amazing thing for this attorney to go in there and say that, as opposed to a plea deal where. He flips on the other two guys who were the ones who actually did the shooting or a plea deal in which he gets down to, I don't know, accessories or something like that, which would guarantee much less time than the possibility of life in prison for this. After the verdict, the defense attorney said the case was a result of blatant overcharging. He said that the evidence showed that Cameron Terrell did not possess any weapons and he did not shoot anybody. Guess what? 
According to the law, matter. it doesn't matter. And I don't know if the DA laid out all of that correctly. I would love to see how that played out because the jurors, if it was laid out for them, did not follow the law. They looked at this kid, this white rich kid, and they let him go. It's frustrating. And it's that, not right. It's, well, and they, the, the defense attorney just continued to describe this as this, you know, all the social media accounts of his, um, you know, gang life as sort of a fantasy. It doesn't matter. Even, even if he wasn't officially a member of the gang, the fact that he was there and drove away after the murder, that's what they're being charged. That's what he's being did, charged okay, with. Okay, instead of saying, oh, my God. Okay, so say, say he – let's go with the narrative. He got in the car to go graffiti with his friends who are in a gang. All right. All right. Well, let's go graffiti. And then his friends shoot and kill somebody. Does Cameron run to the kid they shot and killed and try to help? Does he stay on the scene and call 911? Does he look at his friends and say, hell no, you guys just killed somebody. I'm not getting in a car with you. No, he didn't do any of that. He got in the car with those guys and drove them to safety. Away from the scene of where a kid was bleeding uh, out. Let me also throw in there. The defense attorney says that Cameron wants to go to uh, Houston to go to college because he has fallen in love with the justice system now. I'm going to vomit. I'm, I'm, I bet he has. True story. All right. Uh, Friday, a reminder, we're going to do our next news and brews. We're going to be live at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach right there along PCH. A great way to cool off a bit right along the beach and get out of our heat wave this week. Uh, again, that's this Friday for our next news and brews at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. Coming back, an update on some fire news to tell you about. Gary and Shannon will continue. Well, tell me what you've done for me. Gary and Shannon. When we get into uh, Swamp Watch at the bottom of next hour, talking about all things D.C., there are uh, still some questions to be answered about whether or not the president is considering removing security clearances for some Obama-era officials who have been critical of him. Uh, Paul Ryan had an interesting take on it. He said, it's just the president trolling those people. Like, there's no real actual plan to do that. He's just... (laughs) That sounds about right. Publicly shaming yeah. them for being critical of That them. sounds about right. Uh, locally, the man who shot his grandmother seven times and fired at police during a chase that ended with that standoff at the Silver Lake Trader Joe's has been charged with murder and other counts. 31 counts in all. He is scheduled to be arraigned uh, downtown L.A. Uh, also, the, uh, the story of the heat wave. We are now day two, and they're saying that this is... Tomorrow's probably going to be the hottest, but we're going to still see some significantly warm temperatures Thursday and Friday as well. And uh, that actually helped push some of these fires that we've been talking about. I just checked uh, L.A. County Fire PIO, and they were saying that it looks like the Pico Fire, the one that was burning out near Stevenson Ranch, uh, is actually 80% contained now, which is great. Stated about 128 acres which means that the forward progress was stopped sometime yesterday. Now, I happen to have a a family there. I, my, you'd say I have an intimate knowledge of that area, uh-huh. um, and you were a little nervous yesterday. Well, 
When it started, it started really fast. You said I mean, that's went, less than a mile from my home. <laughs> oh, it's clearly less than that. I mean, from my house, it was probably maybe 100 yards, maybe, where the flames finally stopped. And by the time I got home, you know, the neighbors out in the cul-de-sac. Uh, and by the way, is it wrong of me to tell people to not park in my in my neighborhood when there's a fire? They don't live there. They're just there to look around. Oh, there were looky-loos, Absolutely. Huh? And so what did you say to those people? I said, hey, you guys from around here? No, we're down the thing. Well, then what, you guys mind leaving? Because if I have to go fast, I'm going to go through you to get out of here. Well, there needs to also be room for structure protection. Well, yeah. Well, there apparently was an engine at one point next to my house that took off once they realized there was no big deal. In fact, when I drove home, there were, I counted 10 or 12 sheriff's deputies and highway patrol that were doing traffic control in the area that were leaving. So I felt pretty confident that everything was fine by the time I got home. It smelled like barbecue all day. You didn't uh, hose down the, the backyard? No. No. The dog didn't seem to be phased by any of it. He didn't like the helicopters because they were right over the house, but uh, he didn't seem to be phased by the fire. Mm-hmm. In fact, if anything, it drove more lizards into our yard so he was having a blast last night chasing them. He chases the lizards. Oh, yeah. When he catches them, what does he do? He's not, I don't know if you've seen him. He doesn't eat them, does he? Uh, he. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever caught one. If he has, then he eats them right away, and I don't ever see it. But it's not like he's going to bring he, it back to me. Be like, hey, look, this, are you, one, this one doesn't squeak. Are you saying he's not a fast runner? You've seen his legs. They're this big. Yeah, I don't. I, I think he's a scurrier. I think he scurries pretty fast. He's a scurrier. That's like saying, ah, oh, she has really, uh, she's very interesting. <laughs> um, the other one is the fire that's burning near Yosemite. They say the air pollution in the park is now worse than Beijing's due to all the heavy smoke. And this is the height of the tourist season there. They say yeah. it's choking levels of soot have exceeded U.S. federal health standards in Yosemite Valley, seven times higher than what the recommended limit would be. They say this is hazardous for all people, even healthy adults. Um, Conditions so bad that health officials are now saying, don't come to Yosemite. we got to get this thing under control. 37,000 acres is what they're putting it at right now, and it's only 25% contained. And it's getting, the thing is, it's outside the park. It's still two miles away from Yosemite, but... A 37,000-acre fire uh, can make up that ground very, very quickly. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking about the valley there. And once that that air settles in there, I, yeah, that's... It does, you have to wait for a windstorm. Yeah. You have to wait for winter, basically, for that to clear out. Um, they're saying that uh, 3,300 personnel assigned to this fire, including almost 200 fire engines and 52 bulldozers. You remember that... One of the firefighters uh, very early on in this fire, when it was still just a couple thousand acres, ended up uh, being killed when his bulldozer flipped over in the middle of the night as he was cutting fire lines. His funeral was yesterday, I think. That was pretty quick. I didn't realize that they would do that so quickly. But this is going to be a a very long week. I mean, I kind of expect that we're going to see repeated calls for fires over the next several days because – as hot as it is, it's also it's also pretty windy. It is. Yep. And that is the worst combination. All right, guys. Yeah. Serious, serious, serious. You have to come hang out with us on Friday. And it's a Friday, too. It's a Friday. We're going to be at the beach. We're going to be at HQ's Gastropub in Huntington Beach. It's going to be a great day. 
get out there, have lunch. We'll have a couple brews. When's the last time you just sat on the beach for four hours? Because that's basically what we're doing. Um, not uh, maybe a year ago in Huntington Beach. Oh, we'll see. Now when we were because well, we were there last that's year. That's true, but yeah. we were at HQ Gastro Pub. But but this time it's we're going to see the beach all day, just right across PCH, looking out over the beach. I can't wait. It's going to be a, such a fun day. Because the other the other thing is it's 150 this week. So why not go to the beach on Friday? All you have to do is call your boss and lie. Or here's some options. I think the thing is you when you make it when you say lie, you make it sound like a very acute, penetrating, sharp lie. Like on Friday well, morning, I mean, you call listen. and say, I had my leg amputated. I'm not going to make it in. But if you spread that lie out, it doesn't take as much effort. I understand what you're saying. Like plant the seed of a yeah, summer cold. Right. Like what Nick yeah. has. Nick has. I know a bunch of people have got that summer yep. cold. Summer cold. It's going around. Well, here's the thing. Your boss isn't your family. You can call that that man or that woman and you can just lie. It's fine. I would... I would say food poisoning is something that can come on very quickly and works. I would also say an unexpected relative coming to town would work. Maybe an elderly aunt that we, we referenced earlier that you need to pick her up from the airport in the middle of the day. Around. She doesn't get around very well. She needs, uh, she needs help. This is a white lie that you can be absolved of by the end of the day. And on Monday, just go back to normal. Yep. HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach on Friday for our next News and Brews. Coming back. Strange story out of the Bay Area. Bay Area Rapid Transit has seen several assaults in their stations recently. I'm never riding BART again. Between this story and all the needles in San Francisco, screw that. I'm I'm not going to another BART station. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM640, looks like the guy who shot his grandmother, led police on a chase, firing at them, and it all ended with that standoff at Silver Lake. Looks like he's going to be arraigned at 1.30. He's been charged with murder and 30 other counts. This is a uh, going to be a hot week. We expect uh, day two of the heat wave today with temperatures probably about 110 in the valleys, I think. Already here in the Burbank area, we're up around, uh, oh, 96, I think. So uh, it's going to be another warm afternoon, and we're keeping an eye on the wildfires. The Pico fire that burned near Stevenson Ranch, they said it's about 80% contained. That means it's out. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. They stopped the forward progress by yesterday afternoon. Wildfires in Greece, by the way, killed at least 74 people. Uh, Deadliest to hit there in decades. People had nowhere to run. ran into the ocean. Well... BART stations have hit the headlines. BART up north in the San Francisco Bay Area because three people have died after assaults at BART stations in a five-day stretch. We told you a little bit yesterday about these uh, two sisters who were attacked on Sunday night. And it was a, uh, a strange story in that Latifa Wilson and her sister Nia were stabbed both in the neck by just some guy they've arrested and we'll hear from the chief in just a second the bart police chief but but nia wilson 18 years old uh ended up dying her sister latifa wilson 26 years old uh went to the hospital after having been stabbed in the neck and um and was able to recover 
But this was Latifa from her hospital bed. She just yelled my name. Tifa, Tifa, Tifa. And I looked back, and he was wiping off his knife and stood at the stairs and just looked. Turns out that they arrested 27-year-old transient John Lee Cowell, who, by the way, is also uh, a convicted parolee. He got out of the California Department of Corrections prison system about four months ago. And uh, we have uh, we haven't connected him with any type of uh, radical group or white supremacist group or, or anything like that. Because he's white and the victims are black. Um, what was he in for? Oh, May 2016. He was convicted of felony second degree robbery. That year, a Kaiser hospital in Richmond actually obtained a restraining order against him after he allegedly repeatedly harassed and threatened staff members with physical harm. He'd show up in the emergency department and make specific threats at people. He was convicted of battery in June of 2013. Being under the influence of a controlled substance of March of 2016, several misdemeanor infractions, vandalism, petty theft, possession of a controlled substance. Well, that was uh, that was Sunday night. Bart has some interesting issues because that's the third death in five days associated with BART stations. There was another one. There was an attack at the Bayfair station. Uh, a 47-year-old guy was a transient guy sitting on the station platform at about 1 in the morning on Saturday morning when somebody comes up and punches him on the side of the head, and as he goes down, he hits his head on the cement as well, and he ends up dying at a hospital. There was another one on July 20th where... Uh, there was a, a fight between a 51-year-old guy and the suspect in that case, and he left the train with a bloody lip, a small cut to the back of his knee, goes to the hospital saying he didn't feel well, but by the, within 24 hours, he died. Statement from the BART police uh, uh, attribute his death to an infection from the cut on his knee. That's insanity. How dirty is the BART train if you get a cut on your knee and you die from the infection? Yeah. No, but that does that shock you? Well, I'm just trying to think. The last time I was on BART was just a little more than a year ago when I rode from the airport to downtown San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was late morning, so it was outside of rush hour. There wasn't a whole lot of traffic on the train. I didn't feel, I didn't feel threatened at all. It's just, I mean, it wasn't comfortable, but it's only because I don't do that every day. Well, not all BART trains are equal. (laughs) That that may also be very true. Um, Yeah, I mean, it can be very convenient, especially from the airport. Are you going to do that again? Are you going to go to a ball game up there? Uh, I don't think I'm this season because they've run out of weekday mid. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. Appreciate your concern for me, though. Well, uh, you enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. It was was very spontaneous of you. Very, an absolute blast. So, um the uh, so this is Bart is going to have a huge issue, especially if they can't control the transient population uh, in their Bart stations because everybody wants to have happy feelings about homeless people now. You know, I used to love homeless people. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, but that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, what were you gonna say? I used to love going into the city. You know, maybe going to Jack London Square in Oakland. Uh, I loved it. Every time I go visit my parents who are up there, I'd make a trip to spend some time in the city. I haven't wanted to do that in a couple years now. 
I just don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with the the crap on the streets, the needles in the streets. I don't want to do it. That's not vacation. It's not. Nope. And unless they start punishing people for crapping on the streets, the crap is going to continue to mound. This feeling stuff has run its 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 uh, run its course. You yeah. know, you know who doesn't have crap in the streets? Good answer. Burbank. Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach does not have one square piece. I'm sure, clearly. I know they do. I bet they we have a. Are going to be live. We're going to be got, live on Friday at HQ Gastro Pub for our next news and brews. We've this got Friday. we've got feces on in the men's bathroom here at the station. Yeah, but that's where it belongs. I'm not on the floor. Well, true, but at least it's understandable. Like that, at least someone is making it. A is it half attempt to get it in the right spot? HQ Gastro Pub this Friday for our next news and brews in Huntington Beach. Come on out, make up the excuses. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter how you get out there. Somebody, just get uh, out there. somebody actually went ahead and recommended you call in with explosive diarrhea because no questions are asked. Ooh, that's a good point. It just hit me last, last hour and a half ago. I do not have the cojones to call in sick with explosive diarrhea and do it from the bathroom so you hit the echo. Like, yeah, exactly. And no one, no <laughs> one will question you. Where are you right now? I'm on the pot right now. All of our trending stories next on Gary and Shannon. July 24th. It's 82 degrees right now in Huntington Beach. It's 115 at your house. Uh, I wouldn't say 115, but it's definitely approaching 110. I know that already at my house. So perfect opportunity. Carol, by the way, Carol on Twitter, you are a genius. Friday would be a perfect team building activity. Bring the whole office. The boss will think you're a genius and give you a raise and no lying, she writes. That is a perfect idea. Our next news and brews is going to be this Friday at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. Perfect excuse for you to get out of the heat and get to the beach this Friday. Now, there's a bunch of stuff going on at the bottom of the hour. We're going to get into Swamp Watch where we have some uh, some fun stuff to talk about, including, oh, I found this great article. So we've been complaining about we don't know exactly what President Trump said to Vladimir Putin and vice versa in that meeting where it was just the two of them and their two interpreters. Hmm. Not necessarily the case. We have ways of knowing what they talk about. Also, Tasty Tuesday coming up at one thirty with Neil Saavedra. We're going to be talking, well, tequila. Oh, seriously? Well, it's like National Tequila Day or something. In America? In America. Excellent. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Prosecutors have charged now the guy that led police on a chase and shootout at Trader Joe's with murder, attempted murder, and dozens of more charges. Uh, this guy is scheduled to be arraigned at 1.30 on these 31 charges. Police say he shot his grandmother seven times, kidnapped his 17-year-old girlfriend, shot his o- at officers as they chased his car, then ran into that Trader Joe's. Police Chief Michael Moore released dash cam footage today from his officers, black and white, and it is tense. 
if nothing else, uh, be as critical as you want of the police department. I mean, it's in your your DNA, whatever. however you're going to feel about this. But imagine, if you will, you are in a position where you know this guy has been shooting at you. He has shot his grandmother. He has probably shot at least abused the girl that's in the passenger seat of that car. He's flying down the street on Hyperion, and he crashes into a a telephone pole and gets out of the car. You have to assume that that guy is still dangerous and is willing to kill people to get away from you. So the the only option, it appears, was that these officers try to stop him by shooting him. And you could see in the dash cam footage that they jump out of the car because they were also both wearing body cams that they showed the they showed that video as well. They jump out of the car. You see this guy jump out of his car a few yards ahead of them, and they get out and try to shoot him and stop him. Now, because he, he was firing at them. Yes, yeah. uh, he fired at least two shots as he got out of there. And he's and then running also fired. into a uh, he's running into a crowded Trader Joe's in the middle of the day. They had to open fire on this guy. It does turn out. And the, the hardest part of Chief Mike Moore's job today was explaining that the assistant manager at Trader Joe's, Melita Corrado, who was killed on Saturday, was, in fact, killed by a police bullet. Um, and, in fact, the chief talked about having spoken to the two officers who were the, the first ones there who were involved in the shooting. I spoke to both these officers this morning. They're devastated. They were devastated in the immediate aftermath of this event that a person died in their efforts to stop Atkins. This is a heartbreaking reminder of the split-second decisions that officers must make every day. I recognize how they will forever go through their minds, debating whether that was what they had to do. But as chief of police, I believe it's what they needed to do. Ivanka Trump is shutting down her fashion brand. Uh, she stopped working with the company about one year ago as she began to serve as senior advisor at the White House. There have been a lot of criticisms about potential conflicts of interest. There have been some protests. The brand's 18 employees informed today that the business will be ending for good. Ivanka says she wants to focus on working in Washington in public policy. This next headline, had it taken place in 2008, would have devastated my household. Uh, the snack company Pepperidge Farms has recalled four different kinds of goldfish crackers because of possible salmonella contamination. Why 2008? Because that's when my kids were eating this stuff like it was going out of style. Why did they stop? They're delicious. <laughs> Flavor blasted extra cheddar. No, 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 no. Flavor blasted sour cream and onion. I'm a purist. Goldfish baked with whole grain extra cheddar. Just the cheddar, please. And goldfish mix extra cheddar and pretzel may contain salmonella. They said that there have been no reports of, in, uh, of illness yet, but they're just recalling the snacks out of an abundance of caution. They're saying you are supposed to throw away the goldfish, or if you want a refund, return them to the store where you bought them. Tonight may be the night that one lucky person wins the largest jackpot in the history of Mega Millions. Or one lucky office. $522 million. We've got a pool here, so if uh, you don't hear anything on the radio tomorrow... You'll come in. Oh, I would totally come in. But a handle wouldn't. Do you think he would? I don't know. He probably just wouldn't come back from vacation. He's going on vacation after Thursday. So he'd come in tomorrow to flip everyone the bird and then... 
just probably rub it in our face on air that he has more off money than all of us again. I guess. Did you hear this uh, professional video game guy? Not a thing. Apparently he was, it is a thing. They make tens of thousands of dollars. You know what? Six figures in some cases. You know why it's a thing? Because people like you keep saying it's a thing. It's not a thing. It is. This uh, professional gaming world sold out staples in uh, about four seconds when it when the League of Legends tournament came to Los Angeles. I said this in the office earlier i watched espn2 give an entire hour to overwatch league overwatch being a video game that a bunch of people play together and well this is a uh, call of duty player and he was dating the world's sexiest weather girl apparently i don't know who dubbed her that but she is beautiful he decided that she was moving to mexico city for uh for her weather girl meteorologist career and he wanted to stay and work on his call of duty career so they're breaking up did you see um what pre-world cup what they did to her no okay so she's wearing a skirt that is approximately as much fabric as this eight by ten piece of paper Mm -hmm. all right and a half by eleven and somehow they convinced her to allow them to kick her in the bottom for good luck wow i don't know i don't know how that works mexico is clearly not part of the hashtag me too movement do you think if she was willingly wearing that skirt that it took a lot of convincing to get to the next step though blake we don't make decisions about women based on what they wear no, that's not my point. Mm-hmm. My point is that she probably was already like ahead of them in that line of thinking. Again, dangerous territory. Yeah, again, you're making an assumption about the way she thinks because of what she's wearing. Uh, all right, here's another assumption that you could make uh, on what a guy is wearing, or in this case, not wearing. He went to one of those Planet Fitness. I, I only see those Planet Fitness on The Biggest Loser. That's when Planet Fitness comes up because those are the gyms that they go to. When's that show starting again? I love that show. Anyway. Okay, but I'm the fat shamer? No, it's not about fat shaming on the show. It's about getting healthy, getting better. Eric Stagno, 34 years old, of Haverville, Massachusetts, was charged with indecent exposure and lewdness and disorderly conduct when he walked into the gym in uh, Playstow, Massachusetts, took off his clothes, walked back and forth a couple of times, and then starts doing downward dog on a yoga mat, all while completely buck naked. It's on the website? No, that's the... Oh. Uh, He is free on bail, scheduled to be arraigned. When he was arrested, police said he referenced their longstanding slogan at Planet Fitness, which is, this is a judgment-free zone. Which is exactly what he thought he was getting into when he took his clothes off. All right. Speaking of, apparently there's a there's a possibility that Biggest Loser may be canceled. Oh, that say it ain't so, Joe. Because apparently there was a report last year that they were giving them drugs, like amphetamines. <laughs> Great. Speaking of Tom Brady, how in shape do you expect one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to be? We've all taken pictures where the angle isn't totally flattering. Yes. That's, I think, what's going on. I agree. We'll talk about Tom Brady's latest dad bod picture. And he could use a tan. Gary and Shannon will continue. 
stuff going on today. We told you that uh, Chief Mike Moore, the new chief of the LAPD, had to announce today that, in fact, the Trader Joe's assistant manager who was killed in that shootout and standoff in Silver Lake over the weekend was, in fact, hit by officers' gunfire. Day two of our uh, big heat wave. We're expecting temperatures well over 110 in some areas today and uh, (laughs) uh, approaching 110 at my house already. Also, the president's approval rating, his approval rating, is at an all-time high for himself, 45%. We'll be getting into all the political news in Washington, and there is plenty coming up after Julie's news at the bottom of the hour. I was just watching the trailer for Insatiable, a new Netflix series. This is about a girl who is overweight in high school, and she gets the overweight girl bullying treatment. Her name is Patty. She's being called Fatty Patty and the like. And then she uh, she has to ha- she has an injury and she has to have her uh, jaw wired shut. Yeah, that, I think that's an important piece it that is. a lot of people are not talking about. It is. They're talking about she goes away for summer and then comes back skinny, and that the jaw wired shut was like a voluntary thing. That and that's not the case. It's not the, the case. Story. It's it's a classic high school movie in that. The ugly, or some people call her ugly because she's a little overweight, or maybe, you know, in our day it was the nerdy girl, and then they go through a makeover and they come back. And, I mean, it, it's happened. It's, it's been in uh, so many high school movies. Remember the movie but, um, uh, Teen Witch? Uh, no, I didn't see Teen Witch. You didn't see uh, Teen Witch? No. You don't know the classic rap scene from Teen Witch? No. Oh, man. You're going to have to see. That's worth a that's worth a look see. But anyway, um, there's always some sort of magic. It was magic in Teen Witch that that makes the girl turn into a pretty girl. And then the the takeaway is always there was never magic needed. It's all inside you. You're still the same person. <laughs> the way, you're beautiful the way you are. Your skeleton determines your 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 worth, not your weight yeah. on that skeleton. And I think this is the hardest part about. Some, uh, you know, people in the entertainment industry who work on the edge of this stuff because their goal is to is to use comedy to point out that fat shaming can have a negative effect on people. Yeah. Apparently, we're not doing comedy. We can't anymore. do that anymore. No, you can't do it. I mean, and it, by the by the way, uh, racism, if you look back at just as an example, all in the family. Oh, man, you cannot. You, that show would never make it on the I'm air today. I'm uh, surprised there aren't Archie Bunker uh, protests well, but for see, reruns. Listen, and Archie Bunker, I mean, Carol O'Connor was one of the most liberal members in the Hollywood uh, in Hollywood at the time that he played this complete racist Bigot. apple, Archie yeah. Bunker. And the, par- the, the whole point of the show was to make fun of the fact that he right. was a bigot. Yes. Like, he's a terrible person. And it succeeded. That's the thing is it was successful in pointing out that there were so many people who still lived in... The old days when it came to attitudes like this, this is the this is the frustrating part. I mean, we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, lynching people. We're talking about making fun of them. And yes, I'm not saying I'm not saying I support making fun of fat people, but the idea is using comedy to point to what is you know one of the sore spots in our society today that we still do value pe- uh, people based on their size. Tom Brady is being evaluated based on his size on vacation. I wouldn't. I wouldn't evaluate his size on this. I wouldn't either. I mean, he's not. He's not fat. 
He's not he's just fat. not. He's a professional football player. He's not going to be Lance Armstrong. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have some some girth to him. So that to that middle section there. It, that. And can I assume that this picture was taken in the last couple of weeks? This is him and his wife on the beach somewhere, right? I, if I assume that this has been taken in the last couple of weeks, the last football game he played in was in the first week of February. So why can't the guy take a few months off and let himself go I for guess, a little bit? I guess the reason that people are losing their mind is because he brands himself on uh, all of the stuff that he eats and what he puts in his body, and he's really strict, and he's actually trying to sell his lifestyle program. So when you're not in perfect shape in your 40s and you're trying to sell this uh, forever youth plan, right? people freak out. You're super pajamas and that sort of thing. It is... It is weird. It does surprise me that a guy who's been a professional athlete as long as he has doesn't have a little bit more definition than that. But that's but I don't blame him and say or say that he's fat or worthless because of that. You never saw the rap scene? No. But top that. Top have, that. I'm going to have to watch it. I don't really it give a about trying to top that. I have to watch. To so stop that. Not my thing. Oh, you got to check it out. This Friday our next News and Brews is going to be at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach. Come on out and have some fun. Uh, possibly some special guests stopping by. Really? And some special gifts, perhaps? No, we're, going to be we're not out? going to have special guests or gifts, I don't think. But Do you have special guests that you've not told me about? Well, we have. I know at least a couple that are going to be there. Blake and Nick? No, not those guys. Those guys are not special. They're <gasps> guests. I mean, they're not special you in that you and I see them every day. your mouth. I don't want to go anymore. Some spe- <laughs> I think you're you know special. What? I'm not going to go. Guys, okay, I think you're both very special. Thank you. I'm still not going. I'll be there. This Friday at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach, right on PCH. They would <laughs> love to have you. Swamp Watch when we come back to Gary and Shannon. I want to wake up where your love is. Because your love is always breaking by. I want to break down where your heart gets. Gary so and Shannon. In about an hour, the man who uh, shot his grandmother then led police on a chase and ended up in a standoff with cops at a Trader Joe's will be arraigned this afternoon or is set to be in about an hour. Uh, LAPD admitting today that unfortunately it was uh, gunfire from a officer's gun that shot and killed the store manager there. Greece dealing with a huge search and rescue operation today after wildfires just completely rushed through a town, a resort town near Athens, about 30 miles away from Athens, catching people off guard, sending them into the sea to get away from the fire. They don't know how many people are missing, but 74 people at least have been killed. You've seen the drone footage of what happened after Hurricane Maria swept through Puerto Rico. That's what it reminded me of with the addition of ashes. I mean, roofs, uh, buildings completely gutted. Uh, by fire all the way down to the waterline. And uh, and then there was that strange story also about the hydroelectric dam in Laos that died. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that uh, collapsed and hundreds of people died as a result of that. They're talking about hundreds of people missing still in the flooding that resulted from that. But it's time for us to uh, dip into the world of D.C. with Swamp Watch. 
drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. The U.S. Agriculture Department announcing today $12 billion package of emergency aid for farmers that have been caught up in the uh, trade war, uh, potential for a trade war. A sign that this probably isn't going to end soon, these tariffs and retaliatory tariffs. Uh, Trump had ordered the Ag Secretary to prepare a range of options several months ago when people came to him and said, these tariffs are going to hit in the states that voted for you, Mr. President. This is going to hurt the farmers. At at the same time, the president today was talking to the VFW and was saying that farmers are, in fact, going to be the biggest beneficiary. When the trade war finally gets all maybe down the line ironed out, but right now they're getting screwed. Uh, soybean farmers, dairy farmers, pork producers, among others. Um, there are, and there's a lot that goes into that as well because it's there's two ways to view what could potentially be this trade war. I mean, that's begun with the tariffs and the back and forth between us and trading partners is the president's own words that listen, you're either going to come to the table you know, and renegotiate our trade deals or you're going to be subjected to tariffs. There are some people who are saying all, they're all for it because they believe that the temporary pain that tariffs could cause to some of these farmers and other industries is well worth it because down the road and going forward, we're going to have a much more level playing surface and everyone could potentially benefit from it. Do you think we're going to be hearing about taxpayer-funded bailouts and people – Upset about that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's. I think you have to if you're going to stay consistent with it. Um, but the president said tariffs are the greatest. This is his tweet from eight hours ago. Either a country which has treated the U.S. unfairly on trade negotiates a fair deal or it gets hit with tariffs. It's as simple as that. And everybody's talking. Remember, we are the piggy bank that's being robbed. All will be great, he writes. If if that's the attitude that you have about our place in terms of the uh, world economy, then he's doing exactly what you want him to do. And even if you as an individual farmer, you as an individual soybean property owner, uh, as, a, as a steel mill operator, you're feeling like these are going to be things that temporarily cause problems, your plan is down the road. I mean, you're betting on that this thing alleviates itself sooner rather than later. A couple of Republicans uh, say that this is about welfare for uh, for farmers. Uh, Bob Corker saying our, our, farm, our farmers have been in nonstop, been in nonstop into the offices, saying they want trade, not aid. And now they're being put on welfare. Uh, Rand Paul, Ben Sassy also saying uh, the answer is to re- remove the tariffs, not give welfare to farmers. On the other hand, we've got Mike Conaway, Republican out of Texas, saying our president stood up to a bully. Now he's standing up for rural America. One of the things that we talked about yesterday was the Sarah Huckabee Sanders came out and announced that the president was looking at whether or not he could remove the security clearances of former CIA director John Brennan and a bunch of other top uh, Obama era intelligence officials because of their criticism of agencies. Now, One of the reporters yesterday in the White House news briefing asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is this because he doesn't like being criticized? And her response was, no, I think you are creating your own story there. 
The president doesn't like the fact that people are politicizing agencies and departments that are specifically meant to not be political. She went on to refute the suggestion that Trump is himself politicizing matters of national security by going after political enemies in this case. Uh, I I think John Brennan was the one who referred to that Helsinki meeting last week as treasonous. Come on, that's that's a little terrifying considering treason is punishable by death in the United States. But Paul Ryan, House Speaker Paul Ryan has come out and said – Uh, You know what? Let's not worry too much about this. The president is trolling people, honestly, is what he said, trying to trying to downplay this whole thing. Paul Ryan seems to be the voice of reason uh, around a lot of these things, which is funny because I would imagine they all think that. But he he's like, I'm done with Congress. I might as well do it now. I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm just going to tell the truth. Maybe that'd be nice. Um, well, there was huge news about audio record, at least one audio recording that we found out about last week. This was a recording between the president and his one-time personal attorney, Michael Cohen. The recording is said to be a conversation between the two about a, a, play- a payoff to a playmate. Uh, Ka- Karen McDougal, is that her name? Yeah. And uh, so... The president had long said, I don't know anything about these payouts. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have the affair. And so now he's maybe on tape talking to his lawyer about that. Well, the news today, according to a filing in federal court in Manhattan, is that federal prosecutors have 12 audio recordings from Michael Cohen. We don't know if there are more that involve the president, but there are 12 Total audio recording seized. Uh, according to Giuliani, who I don't know if I don't know if he's a reliable narrator in this case, but he has said that there is the one between Michael Cohen and the president, and that the other recordings are of conversations in which Cohen talks about Donald Trump to somebody else, who talks about the situation. And again, the question is not whether uh, Michael Cohen can pay Karen McDougal to be quiet or at least pay to spike the story. The question is, were election, uh, sorry, were campaign finances involved in that sort of thing? Because that's where they're going to run into potential trouble. Um, When we come back, the latest on the president's approval rating as a result of the Helsinki thing, the Helsinki meeting, and the specific way we may still be able to find out what was said in that meeting where it was just four people in the room, including Presidents Trump and Putin. Gary Channel will continue to smoke. Reminder, Friday, this Friday, HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach is our next news and brews. Plan now to get out of work so that you can come on out or bring the entire office. Like Carol said, make it a team building exercise. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. Big stories today. LAPD Chief Mike Moore has announced that that assistant manager dined at the Trader Joe's was, in fact, hit by police officers' bullets in the shootout. Day two of our heat wave. We're expecting temperatures well over 110 in some areas. Uh, I don't know how reliable it is, but it says 116 at my house right now. Uh, and then the uh, the California wildfires as well. The Pico fire up near uh, Stevenson Ranch, they said 80% contained. That thing is out. I mean, they did a great job of getting on top of that thing yesterday. So it was only 128 acres. But the big one in California is the Ferguson fire burning near Yosemite. 
37,000 acres, and they're now saying it's only about two miles away from the park, 25% containment. So that one is still brewing and still a concern for a lot of people. You want to talk about Russia before we turn to Ivanka? Yeah, just very quickly, because uh, two things about the Russia summit and the um, the president's meeting with Putin in Helsinki. The NBC News Wall Street Journal poll conducted before and after the Helsinki summit actually showed uh, the president has the highest approval rating he's ever had. Still, it's 45 percent, which is not great. No. But it's the highest he's ever had, even though that was considered by a lot of people one of the worst showings uh, that – that people had seen him do. He got a lot of criticism for what happened in Helsinki. So it was surprising that it did jump up one percentage point from um, one percentage point from the month of June. Now, the Wall Street Journal says of the four previous White House occupants, only George W. Bush in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks had a higher approval rating within his own party at the same point in his presidency. Because right now, among Republicans... Uh, 88% of whom said they said uh, said they believe the president's doing a good That's job. That's huge. 88%. I mean, do you remember following 9-11 how everyone, how much everyone was in love with George W.? Yeah. I think his approval rating reached 90% at one point after that. I want to say within the couple of months after that. Um, now, specifically, one of the criticisms was we never knew what President Trump said to Vladimir Putin in that meeting where it was just the two of them. For a couple of hours to and their interpreters, but we're never going to hear from the interpreters. There is an interesting version of exactly how we can find out what was said. There is a top secret U.S. collection service that specializes in tapping into other countries surveillance services. That sounds illegal. It's a, well, I, let's just say that everybody spies on everybody. Now, privately. Those people who know about our intelligence capabilities express some confidence that the Special Collection Service, that's what it's called, they scooped up not only Vladimir Putin's version of the two-hour meeting, like him talking with other advisors about what happened, but exactly what the KGB might think about it or the FSB and how they're spinning it to the foreign counterparts. It's not likely we would ever get a word-for-word actual readout of the conversation, but if we get Vladimir Putin's version of it, at least it drills down a little bit closer to what was actually said in those uh, the two-hour meeting. I mean, just in terms of people who were terrified about what was, what was said. Ivanka Trump says she's shutting down her namesake clothing brand because of her work in Washington. This company... I did not know. Only had 18 employees. I thought that this was a much bigger company. It had been dropped recently because retailers like Nordstrom said that the sales were were terrible. We're talking dresses, shoes, handbags, all of which were made in foreign countries, China, Indonesia. Uh, Conflicted with the Trump's push for more jobs in the United States, right? It seems like this this company wasn't making a hell of a lot of money, causing them more grief than it was creating good. So it was just time to walk away so she can focus on the official statements as more more about public policy. I wonder what she would do if she were to run for office. I know she's talking about public policy, but it seems like that's the next step into politics. Yes. Uh, because I think she, you're absolutely right. I think that's what's going to happen. You remember her her speech at the uh, at the convention in Cleveland. That was not a Republican speech that she gave at the Republican convention. No. 
it dealt with issues that were much more progressive than um, uh, or I should say the attitudes towards those issues were much more progressive than even her father said that same night about what his plans were going to be. And a lot of people had said that she and Jared Kushner are died in the wool Democrats. That they That's just, how they're referred to in the West Wing. Yeah. The Democrats. So I, I wonder if she would uh, if she would drop the Republican Party. I don't think so, but she might be an interesting hybrid as we move away from traditional Democratic and Republican parties. It seems like the parties aren't doing necessarily at least the Democratic Party. I don't know. It just seems like that's why that's one of the reasons why they lost in 2016 is they were moving towards issues that didn't really affect people. They were moving farther to the left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is the beginning of some sort of a burgeoning centrist movement that has it might be that encapsulates the rest of people who are trying to figure out what to do with their lives politically. I don't know. It would just be interesting to see where she goes. She is so well scripted and careful with her behavior and her thoughts and her interviews and everything. She's one of those people where you just really want to see what happens when the the cameras are off. You want to see her screw up once. Did just because sh- just I want to see her how she reacts to it. Yeah. Uh, there is a uh, there is a crazy story. I've told you about um, involuntary celibates. These guys refer to themselves as incels and blame other people for the fact they can't get relationship, they can't get sex, they can't get women. They have new obsessions, and it's something called looks maxing. Looks maxing. I saw this article this morning, and I said, Gary's head is going to explode when we do this story. So we've got that to look forward to. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Shannon, we told you about the fires burning up near Yosemite. A section of Yosemite National Park now will be closed because air pollution is so bad, like seven times the levels that are the limit in this country. The air that there is like Beijing, they say. Uh, We are in the second day of our heat wave here in Southern California, where the temperatures uh, probably downtown today going to be close to 100 degrees, which means it's going to be mid 80s to upper 80s along the beaches going to be an absolutely beautiful day at the beach and absolute hell wherever else you are uh the president tweeted this morning that he is concerned about russian interference in the upcoming elections he said based on the fact that no president has been tougher on russia than me they'll be pushing very hard for the democrats they definitely don't want trump somebody needs to make sure that we tell them that it's not necessarily even that they're pulling one over the other they just want to sow discord they like us fighting each other. Mitch McConnell was asked about that, uh, among other things, saying the, the Russians better quit messing around in our elections. He says, I want to make that perfectly clear. And then he says about the meeting that's supposed to happen between Vladimir Putin and the president in Washington. And he said he and, and Paul Ryan have made it clear that Putin will not be welcome here up at Capitol Hill. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, I didn't think that would go over well. Oh. 
you know, the Russians interfering with the election, no matter how they were able to do it or who they were backing, the fact that they were able to do it and then you're going to roll out the red carpet. Uh, and we don't have a we don't have a real good date, do we, about when Putin is supposed to come to D.C.? No, it's just, just one of those fall. plans in motion in the fall. Yeah. We told you before about involuntary celibates. They call themselves incels, uh, incels. And men who identify themselves as involuntary celibate because they believe that they lost the genetic lottery, I think is the way that they put it, and that they are sort of owed sex. They argue that violence against women might even be justified because women deny unattractive men their right to sex. Lookism.net is the forum where they all get together. It's called Lookism.net, the forefront of the coping movement. So they're maybe figuring out a way to cope with the fact that they're not getting sex. I went to Lookism.net. I clicked on the link that said guests and new users. Please read, read this first. And it's directed at people who are are there for answers. It says, right now, you must feel a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole. You have the looks of an ugly person who accepts what he's given because he's expecting to do well with women. He says, let me tell you why you're here. You know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. You keep getting rejected by women. You don't know why, but it always happens like a dagger through your heart. It kills you just to breathe. And then it has thread after thread after thread of how you can improve your looks. How uh, certain looks are more attractive to women uh, through history, strong jaws, things like that. And then there are hundreds of men obsessing, perseverating over what they can do to their faces that will get them some sex. A lot of pictures on here say, rate me, rate me. Would I be able to get a, a good-looking woman? Rate me. Tell me what you think of my new jeans I just bought. They're $500. There's there's one where a guy posted a couple of photos that showed the lower half of his face. Like you could just see the bridge of his nose down to his chin. And he writes under there, what surgeries or implants are needed to fix this? As you can see, I have a recessed jaw slash chin the replies come right away people saying it's not just your chin your upper lip is retruded as well what? surgery if you can afford it chin implant or genioplasty if you can't you should also look at jaw angle implants start saving this is this is strange because i know that i know there are plenty of dudes who are obsessed with the way that they look really but let me let me ask because you're the woman let me ask, when you're just, I'm just trying to find this, they are believing that women are only choosing their sex partners based on looks. Yes, it happens. That's not what goes into your calculus as a woman. N definitely not as much as it does for a man. No. So it's strange to me that they are saying things like, how dare you judge me incel on my looks as being unworthy of giving up your sex to you fat ugly something 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 and then going through and judging these women on their looks 
That's the thing. The the people who are obsessed with these guys' looks are these guys. You know, I bet if you interviewed the women that they've maybe tried to approach, maybe they never have, maybe they don't have the, the confidence because they don't like the way they look or whatever, but I bet the women would tell you it's not because of a weak jaw, that it's because the guy didn't approach them or was weird or, you know what I mean? It has a lot to do with confidence, I think. And if these guys are obsessing about their uh, their upper lips and their recessed jaws, they're not going to exude confidence. This is part of what is the terrifying echo chambers, one of the terrifying echo chambers that can be found on the Internet, where these guys can find a place like this. They can feed each other's insecurities. They can continue to use this uh, as as a uh, a fuel, I guess, for this fire that they have for these broken relationships or non-existent relationships, et cetera, for for shame, uh, for hatred of the way they look, for hatred of other people, for entitlement, because they will fixate on their perceived flaws and they will rage against these uh, these women. Oh no! So. This is a, a, I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible echo chamber. Nick just brought us in no! some terrible uh, breaking news. Demi Lovato rushed to a hospital in L.A. after suffering what appears to be a heroin overdose. This is on TMZ. They're citing law enforcement sources that she was uh, transported from a home in the Hollywood Hills just before noon today. She's being treated. We don't know her condition As you know, we talked about it here. Demi Lovato has fought substance abuse for years. She was uh, in a sober living home for a while. She had six years sober from alcohol, cocaine, and oxycodone. And then last month, we told you about it, she released a song called Sober, where she revealed she'd fallen off the wagon, that she was no longer uh, sober. And we didn't know what that meant. I mean, was it just, um, did she just relapse, or was she back to using Um, She's scheduled to go on the road this week. She has a show scheduled in Atlantic City, but sources say she has been struggling. Again, uh, Demi Lovato rushed to a hospital here in L.A. And TMZ is citing law enforcement sources saying it appears to be a heroin overdose. Oh, my gosh. We'll uh, see if we can find some more information about this. Um, We'll continue with this story about incels as well because of uh, what it is that they are doing now in terms of their echo chambers getting feeding on each other. A reminder that this Friday we're going to be live, uh, our next News and Brews at HQ Gastro Pub in Huntington Beach, doing the show live from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Love it if you'd come on out and have some lunch and hang out with us on the afternoon. A beautiful beach day on Friday. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Neil Saavedra is going to join us, the pork reporter, talk about a couple of things, including today being National Tequila Day. Where does it come from? How do you how do you drink it? Just very quickly in a lot of cases. Uh, some of the headlines that we're following today, the one that just came in, uh, singer Demi Lovato has apparently suffered an apparent heroin overdose. She was transported from a home in the Hollywood Hills just before noon today, currently being treated, don't know her condition at all. Uh, she's been fighting substance abuse for years, six years sober, she says, from alcohol, cocaine, and Oxycontin, and at one point lived in a sober living home after getting released from a treatment center. 
Uh, last month, she had released a song called Sober, in which she revealed that she had, had uh, fallen off the wagon. Mama, I'm so sorry, I'm not sober anymore. Daddy, please forgive me for the drink spilled on the floor. And then uh, on her Twitter account today, she's supposed to be on TV tonight. Yeah. She's in an episode of uh, Beat Shazam on there was, Fox. Yeah, a tweet uh, sent from her account four hours ago, but... So we'll keep an eye on that and see if we have any update on her condition. But again, Demi Lovato in the hospital here in L.A. after suffering what appeared to be a heroin overdose. Um, the big news locally also is that uh, the LAPD chief, Mike Moore, had announced that the assistant manager who was shot and killed at the Trader Joe's on Saturday in the hostage situation was, in fact, hit by LAPD bullets. We are talking about incels and their obsession with how to make themselves look better and more attractive to women because they think that's what will get them the women. Uh, Shelling out thousands of dollars for nose jobs, chin implants, penis stretching, skull implants, penis stretching. Are they sharing pictures of each other's junk and trying to... And suggesting that that's what's keeping them from having relationships with women? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the irony of it is, you know, they're talking about their own looks and blaming women for not finding them attractive, for, for basing so many of their sexual decisions on a man's looks, and then go out of their way to describe a checklist for the physical features of their ideal girlfriends. Relatively big lips, big boobs, fat butt, not white, but light skin. Dark hair is fine, but she should dye it a lighter, lighter color. Pretty face, because that matters more than anything. Preoccupation with physical appearance seems to be uh, growing in general among American men. If you look at statistics from the American Society of Plastic Surgeons... They show a sharp rise in the number of cosmetic surgeries performed on men over the past decade. It's a weird Quick thing. Quick gas go around oh here. <laughs> Guys. Yes. If there was one thing you would change about yourself, oh an elective surgery perhaps, what would it be? Blake. I don't know what they. It have. would be nothing, would it? Uh, I don't know what they have available, but I wouldn't mind being Name like it. three inches taller. <laughs> You're five eleven. I know, but if I was six two, that would be better than five eleven. Okay, that's, that's all I can Interesting. Really think of. So you want to be you want to be as tall as Nick? That would be nice. Right. Yeah, Nick's it's a great good up height. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great up here. Nick, what would you uh, go under the knife for? Cosmetically, uh, I would enlarge my bottom because I don't have one and I can't sit for very long <laughs> oh. without feeling very uncomfortable. I've never noticed that. In movie theaters, it just goes dead asleep. Really? Yeah. After how long? Uh, an hour. You could get uh, butt implants at like a Motel 6. I think that's a uh, You know, I've been cost. looking into it. Yeah. Um, so. Is it just the movie theater problem that bothers you? Driving this chair I'm in right now sometimes. Wow. Yeah. I know a guy. I'll get you. Thank you. Gary. <laughs> I want my old hairline back. Okay. I think that that's pretty normal. I don't think it's different. Where do you see pictures of me? Used to be just like three quarters of an inch above my eyebrows. Oh, really? Oh, right there. I think that you all are perfect the way you are. Hop it. You're just trying to keep us away from these websites. 
their attitude uh, is women in society have dejected us into loneliness and depression. Their obsession with looks has driven many of us who don't fit their standards to anger and homicidal tendencies. This is not the result of mental illness. Beg to differ with you. It is a normal response to prejudiced behavior. What's the incentive for incels to follow your social rules when our actions, good or bad, will never be rewarded? Why not shoot up that sorority full of girls that teased you is what one of them wrote, which, of course, is why a lot of these guys find that uh, that uh, monster in Santa Barbara a hero and use him as an example of getting back. This didn't exist 20 years ago. Forbes magazine named Dr. Douglas Steinbrecht the go-to surgeon for men. And Dr. Steinbrecht says he now sees more than 10 times as many male patients as he did just four years ago. Men now outnumber female patients four to one. One of his most popular procedures is called the male model package. It includes making you taller, making your bottom bigger, and adjusting your hairline. Oh, I'm just kidding. I just named all your oh. three things. Uh, <laughs> this, the real male mo- model pocket package includes jaw augmentation, pectoral, oh, and gluteal enhancement, uh, liposculpting, and arm and shoulder enhancement. The procedure ranges in price from 6000 to 25000 I'm uncomfortable with that. With men doing this, not just men. I'm 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 uncomfortable with it. I I feel like there's a certain like this whole hairline thing. I had to pick one because I just you were on the hot seat. Well, the thing is, if I go bald at the age of fifty, now oh, it's only around the corner for me. Uh, it's kind of what you it's what happens. Like right. I know it's coming, and I feel like too many people fight it too much yes to the point where it becomes joe buck a, it becomes an obvious joe buck. distracting and unattractive thing joe buck i think a man who's obsessed with his looks is unattractive as we, a woman okay well you're just playing into what the, you stacy and but i that's my Chad, whole point uh, that's my whole point though if 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 these guys were not so obsessed with their looks They'd have more confidence. They'd exude that, and they'd get more girls. But again, stop being obsessed with your looks. Like I said, this didn't exist twenty years ago. This echo chamber that the internet provides them feeds into this weird mentality, this unnatural mentality, obsession. People, and it's not just men. I mean, people are obsessed with themselves on uh, social media. You know, finding the pic- the perfect selfie. So what do we should should we shut down the internet today? Fine by me. All right. Uh, when we come back, speaking of internets, uh, Tasty Tequila Tuesday with our own friend Neil Saavedra. That should be fun. You try. I think everyone should know that you tried to procure some tequila from Whole Foods and found out that they don't sell liquor there. I didn't. Tr- I'm just saying that's the closest uh, option for us. There is a liquor store that's like a half a block farther down the street, but that's we couldn't be bothered. A half a block too far. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Shannon, KFI AM640, keeping our eye on the big stories today. Of course, the biggest story of this half hour, Demi Lovato was rushed to the hospital in L.A., which uh, seems to have been the result of a heroin overdose. Law enforcement sources telling TMZ that she was treated with Narcan, which is an emergency treatment for narcotic overdoses um, at her home. 
So this happened at her house in the Hollywood Hills. She's supposed to appear on TV tonight in a show called Beat Shazam on Fox, which is named that tune, um, with uh, with Jamie Foxx. And her last performance, live performance, was just a couple of days ago. She performed Sunday at the uh, Mid-State Fair in Paso Robles with Iggy Azalea, which I didn't know that she was doing that either. I mean, they get some big names there at that, uh, that Mid-State Fair there in Paso Robles, right there along the 101. But I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, the other big story today is heat wave. We're right down uh, around 100 degrees expected to be in downtown Los Angeles today. And then 110-ish in the valleys. I'm trying to track this down. I know that, you know, online weather stations are not necessarily accurate. But it says it's 115 at my house and that it feels like it's 124. Is that a true story? I, <laughs> I don't think you should go home. I think you should go to Look, a cooling center. You need to make sure Fergus isn't wow. scurrying. Is yeah, your house the, in your the dog? middle of the fire? Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Just residual heat from the fire still. No. That's um, that's possible. That's very possible up there. Hey, uh, Nick? Yes, Shannon? Did you hear about the vegetarian that died during dinner? No. What happened? Yeah, police are calling it a hummus side. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? I like that. One. Yeah, I think I, I think I did a. That was good. Thanks. A, a vegetarian joke last week. Is something doesn't matter. More inclusive that way. Yes. Then then vegans can laugh at him. Right. <laughs> Neil Savedra, the fork reporter, has joined us. We'll have more about a uh, a big event that Neil's got coming up this weekend. Uh, but we wanted to start right here in town, right here. Uh, Nick, I thought we were going to take this away from her so she doesn't continue to make noise. Can someone just diagnose her and just get it over with? Yeah, but then what? What do we do? What do we treat her with? Uh, Ritalin? Kid gloves? <laughs> what do you do for ADD? ADD. What do you do for ADD? Wow, you're making me really nervous. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, National Tequila Day is today. Now, this is fantastic because uh, give us the history of tequila. Go. It's good. Yes. Yeah. Many bad decisions. And probably there. if you love it, you really love it. And if you hate it, you will never sniff tequila again without, oh, yeah. without the dry heat. There's not... Tequila doesn't usually land in that middle ground area. People uh, really dig it or they don't. Now, for a handful of years, it took a dive. A lot of people weren't doing tequila. You know, a couple of things, uh, you know, rum uh, took a bit of a dive. Even I think uh, your vodkas did a little bit. Uh, As people got into the browns and got more into uh, bourbon and whiskey, scotch, things like that. But tequila is having... It is bursting out like the phoenix. It is really coming into its own. So much so, you've got, and you're going to see this more and more, a lot of famous folks attaching their names. So I was talking to some people that are involved in tequila and manufacturing, and they were saying that there's just a butt ton of money in it. And so you, in, I think it was 2014, 2013, rather, you had uh, Casamigos, which is George Clooney's brand. Um, 
was founded in 2013, and in 2017 sold for $1 billion. That's pretty good. Four-year investment. It's a good turnover. Yeah. Is that because it's George Clooney or because it's tequila or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. It's a combination. And so you see, I think uh, Diddy has uh, one as well. A lot of uh, famous folks are getting into it uh, for for a couple reasons. One, they really like tequila. And, and tequila went from being a mixed, something that you mixed with or, you know, the, the age-old lime and the salt and the, and and. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be having good enough tequila that you can sip the tequila and not chug the tequila or throw it back in a shot. Have you ever thought about getting behind a product, putting your like your face on it, like as the fork reporter, like the fork? Go ahead. What's the product? No, like I a mean, toilet like, paper. Where are you like going an with this? Or, or <laughs> uh, just something like a, a pr- partnering with someone and and getting behind a product that you love. I actually have been asked a couple times for different things, but it's not a good fit. Oh, if there okay. was something that I really, really dug, because I, I think the label would be really cool, like your like like the face and the beard with the hat. Like I think it would it would go over well. I'm actually just giving you a compliment. I'm not being crappy. I know. I'm just waiting for uh, like yeah. the name. Uh, Feo Gordo no. Tequila <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, I think it would be really cool. Donde esta Biblioteca Tequila? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I mean, you're welcome. I think that would do. I think it would do really well. I, think I once cool. I was once told someone said, I think you'd be great for TV. And I said, well, that's very nice of you. I've done some TV. They said, no, I think you'd be very successful. Most people that are successful in TV have big heads, <laughs> like measurably large heads. Really? I guess so. Interesting. Uh, Go figure. Just a clarification, if you know uh, the difference between tequila and mezcal, both because they both come from the. OK, here's. It, this gets confusing because there there are similarities at the beginning. So uh, all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequilas. Oh, I mm. love it. Okay, so think of it this way. All scotches and bourbons are whiskey, but not all whiskey is scotch and bourbon. Got it. Okay, so yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, there's going to be differences Whereas tequila has to come from the blue agave plant, to the eighty percent of them come from Jalisco. Uh, when you're dealing with mezcal, they can come from other regions as well. They can. Uh, there's changes now. There's this is an oversimplification, but that's the beginning. That at that point, you, the processing is a little different. Um, they take the plant and they get the pina. That's like the heart of the plant. It's really neat. You see that they have this long stick with this round blade on it, and they basically shear off all of the outer spiny. They're, they're showing that. One tequila company is showing that in their commercials now. They're showing the harvest yeah. of that stuff. Uh, it, 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 the Jimadores, the, the guys that do that, it, it's impressive as hell because the heart, that piña that they get down to, can be between 80 and 200 pounds, just that part. And then they go through a mashing process. The traditional old way was actually done with, like, lava rock, big, massive lava rocks. And they break it down, break down the sugars and separate it from, from you know, the mash parts. And then they do the traditional where you add yeast to it. The yeast starts to uh, convert the sugars into alcohol and ethanol, and the process begins. Well, they get steamed prior to that mashing process, and uh, that creates – one particular flavor, and then when you're dealing with a mezcal, uh, they're often uh, broken down differently over uh, fire, which causes a smoky, 
kind of uh, finish. So they're definitely them. in the same family. They're just absolutely. Yeah. It, it it does get a little weird. As a matter of fact, people always assume you know, remember the old concept of the worm being in the bottom of yeah. the tequila. That's not tequila. It's mezcal. Hmm. So even those kind of myths that were passed down, um, you're really dealing with a, a, a different uh, end result alcohol. But uh, there was a lot of cheap, bad tequilas in which people would have to use the lime and the salt or mix them into something. Whereas nowadays, you get fantastic. You know, our house tequila right now is Karma Blanco. It's about $40 a bottle. It's not terribly expensive, not super cheap. Um, but there's great ones. Uh, Clase Azul uh, is about 100 bucks, but it's this gorgeous hand-painted ceramic bottle. You've probably seen, seen them. Yeah. They're white and they white got blue. And blue. Yeah. yeah. Those are gorgeous. So there's about 100 bucks. That's a great uh, sipping tequila. Our very own um, boss, uh, by the way, uh, uh, Bob um, Pittman, I believe owns Casa uh, Dragones. Oh, well, that's why, they, that's why they stock it in the refrigerators here. Do they really? No. Coming up I was going to say, that stuff's like $300 a bottle. <laughs> we had a big loss over the weekend. Uh, this was a terrible headline to hit. L.A. Times restaurant critic Jonathan Gold dying, 57 years old, diagnosed earlier this month with cancer, and he doesn't make it out of July. Uh, our next news and brews is going to be coming up this Friday. We'll be at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach. More details and also uh, Neil's appearance this weekend coming up. Gary and Shannon will continue. Julie Slater has an update. If only yesterday. Gary and Shannon, Neil Savedra, the fourth reporter, has joined us. The one story that uh, broke in the last hour was that it appears that uh, singer Demi Lovato is in the hospital. Maybe a heroin overdose. They had to use Narcan on her this morning. Paramedics found her unconscious when they arrived at her home in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, that's where the OD occurred. TMZ says she was out last night celebrating a friend's birthday in West Hollywood. Posted photos on private Instagram of herself and others. Seemed happy. Again, she's had substance abuse problems for years and recently released a song called Sober in which she talked about not being sober anymore. Big story over the weekend uh, for L.A. was that L.A. lost its, uh, what was it, the, the belly of Los Angeles? Yeah, they used to refer to, to him. Jonathan Gold, the longtime food critic for the L.A. Times, dead at the age of 57. This is one of those stories where you really learn to appreciate everyone around you because diagnosed in early July, dead by late July. And it's just crazy. It, never it, know. Uh, and really for... Locally, it's you know it's a huge hit. He's an interesting guy. I had an opportunity. I've talked with him a couple times, but I interviewed him on the show prior to him uh, coming out publicly with his image uh, for a long time that critics would not let themselves be seen. So like the photo, I usually take photos with the guest mm. of him. He's holding up the big fork, Duncan, our mascot, covering his face. <laughs> um, it was a few months after that that – he started releasing that because they uh, his image because they were going to be doing a um, uh, a documentary which they've done and you can you can see I think on Netflix an interesting guy uh, a likable guy a studied guy um, it, talking to him about the balance between being honest and really capturing a restaurant versus you know shutting them down mm-hmm. with your words and he was he understood the weight of that and the power of that. And he 
did not take it lightly, and he was a very balanced. He was very likable in his description of a place because he'd find what he liked about it. Uh, and, I loved his lists. Oh, his oh, who doesn't? One hundred and one restaurants, and 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 basically the lists that people would take with them to to count down. Right, exactly. Uh, places and, and like I looked at it kind of as a, like a lifetime list. You know, like I want to go to all the places <laughs> on his one, top one hundred. Uh, L.A. Times, I think, has removed the paywall if you want to read his old columns and and get access to his lists. I applaud them for this. It's a huge move. I mean, the, the L.A. Times is going through a major major changes right now for the positive from everything I've seen. Um, so kudos to them for doing this because he is part of the fabric of L.A. Prior to Los Angeles Times, he was the beloved critic over at the L.A. Weekly. And really, he is the only food critic that has received a Pulitzer. So, I mean, he was a, a huge gem here to the city. Uh, put places like Guisados, Gitlada, and these types of places on the map with his words. And uh, he will be sorely missed. Uh, what do you have coming up this weekend? Oh, so, it, strangely enough, my birthday lands on a work day. <laughs> so, I'm like... When well, is it? Saturday. So I figured, why don't we take the show out and just be somewhere so I can meet you, some of the listeners? Because you work seven days a week. So when you say <laughs> your guess, birthday yeah. lands on a work well, day, I guess it, that I, doesn't make any sense. It landed on a, a show day, which I thought was like, <laughs> why do I want to sit here? Simon Majumdar, who comes on the show once a month, of course, from the Food Network. He's great. It was uh, I happened to land on a day he was going to be in. So I just said, let's take the show out. We're going to Reckless. On Commonwealth in Upland. It's a couple doors down from the slide bar where you guys have been. And they've got a great uh, a booze program. They've got a great brunch. Uh, we'll have all kinds of specials, special pricing. Brunch will go till 5 throughout the entirety of the nice. show. Chef Cody Stortz is going to be um, uh, there having a good time. He'll make sure that there'll be all kinds of specials for drinks and food uh, that you can come out. He'll also have some tastings and things like that. We'll have a bunch of giveaways. The folks from the cellar. Uh, a couple streets away, a great restaurant, oh, fantastic bar program. They're going to be giving away $100 gift certificates for their restaurant. Uh, we'll get have T-shirts to give away, all kinds of stuff. It'll just, cool. It's just an excuse to get out, meet some people, and uh, have a good time and tip a glass and the celebrate. The day before that, we're going to be out for our next News and Brews. We're going to be at HQ Gastropub in Huntington Beach, uh, staying a little bit cooler. You know than what the best way to get over a hangover after a gas show is? You go to brunch, Atta celebrate girl. meal. Atta girl. So I know you guys got, have stuff to do, and I know, Shannon, you're going to be out the uh, the Chargers and all that. But if you guys do find yourself in the mood to travel and go out to Fullerton, always nice to see you guys and uh, a little tip of glass. Thank you. So come on out and have fun. Neil Thanks, Nielski. Thanks, All right, uh, John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Watch for another episode soon of Gary and Shannon.